Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let me get this out of the way. The big idea is that the gospel is not an inspirational invitation to become less goaty and more sheepish. The gospel is the word of blessing from the Father, given freely in Jesus Christ and delivered through the gifts of the Holy Spirit by His power to create faith and to declare goats to be sheep by the sheer mercy of God. In our fourth and final week of stewarding the stewardship, we're considering the stewardship of our hope. Being aware of and, and directing how our hopes lie. On what or whom do our hopes lie? A little bit in our Ephesians reading, as Paul writes to another church, this time in western Turkey, uh, named Ephesus, hope is in the air, so to speak. Don't miss the dad joke. Deanna's not the only one who writes dad jokes here. Hope is in the air, as Paul talks about the inheritance of the saints. There's three parts to it. First, it's the echoes of hope. Paul, from a distance, even from prison, has heard of what the church is doing of what Jesus' people are doing, living by hope in a time of hopelessness and chaos. The second piece of this is the glory of hope. That Paul says, I pray for you every day. I pray for you to receive a spirit of wisdom as you come to know God, as you come to know Jesus, so that with the eyes of your heart being enlightened, you may know the hope to which God has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, the immeasurable greatness of his power for all who believe according to his power. It's that glory of hope, the inheritors of the life in Jesus. And then that hope has a power. The final piece of this opening paragraph of his letter is the power of that hope. This power of hope is the same power God used to work the resurrection from the dead of His Son, Jesus Christ, on the third day. It's the same power by which Jesus ascended to the heavens, by which Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, sitting in the authority of God. It's this power that makes the name of Jesus above every name and His rule and authority above any dominion or power on earth. It's this power that makes Jesus to have all things under his feet. Which would be kind of a fun variation of the children's song. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world under his feet. <laughs> Not quite as cute, right? Yeah. But what Paul is telling the Ephesians and us is that over all things, Jesus is king. And he fills all in all. Being at the right hand of the Father or sitting on the throne of heaven doesn't mean Jesus is far away like you need a spaceship to get there. It means that Jesus has now filled all in all, as Paul puts it. You can't go anywhere in this world without running into Jesus. You can't give anybody food or drink or clothing or comfort without running into Jesus. Christ plays in 10,000 places lovely in eyes and limbs not his. But we need to spend more time in the Matthew one because like these parables of judgment, we, this is our third Sunday with a parable that should make us squirm if we have ears to hear. 
And this is the worst of all, and it's the last one. Right after this, it's time to have a last supper and move to the arrest in the garden and the crucifixion. We're at the end of the story, so this parable not only is a capstone of future history, but it's a, it's a capstone of Matthew's whole organizing of the Jesus story, of what Jesus has said and done before the Passion Week. And unfortunately, we hear the sheep and the goats, and immediately we start singing with the kids, I just hope to God that I'm a sheep, ba 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 ba. I'm just praying there's a chance that I'm a sheep, ba 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 ba. I have heard so many variations of that tune, never sung, but I've heard loved ones at their, their, um, the funeral of their husband or wife say things like, I just hope that someday I'll be reunited with them. I just hope I'm good enough to go to heaven too. I just hope that I'm a sheep. I mean, my goodness, even Mr. Rogers got the gospel wrong at the very end of his life. Mr. Rogers, I just talked about him the other week. If you've watched that beautiful documentary where his wife talks about Fred on his deathbed, and Fred goes, I just hope that I'm a good sheep. And Fred's wife doesn't give him the gospel. She says, oh, Fred, if anybody is a good sheep, you are a good sheep. This is how it goes in the documentary. Oh, it is such a moment for Mr. Rogers to receive the gospel for himself after giving it to so many of us. He's not a good sheep because he's Mr. Rogers. He's a good sheep because Jesus knows Fred's name. That's the gospel. I don't hope to God that I'm a sheep. I'm standing up because Jesus baptized me and called me one of his sheep. And when the rest of you gather at my service one day, I hope somebody commends me with a prayer that says, great shepherd of the sheep, into your hands we commend one of your own flock, a lamb of your own sheep herd. So I don't just hope to God that I'm a sheep. I thank God that he's made this goat a sheep. And this parable, although your Bible might even call it the judgment of the nations, where's the judgment in this parable? There's no like, and then they all opened the book of sin and talked about the worst things they'd done. There's none of that. It's, it's really a, a, a snapshot of a future separation, not a judgment. Now, there is judgment. The Bible's clear on that. But this picture in the sheep and the goats is not so much a judgment that's hanging in the balance like, I hope I'm a sheep. Is he, is, is he leaning to the right or the left as I approach the throne? But instead... It's a revelation of the relationship that was established by God and persisted by God through our life. It's a revealing of, oh my goodness, I'm a sheep and I didn't even know it. I mean, the sheep are blessedly oblivious. They're dumb sheep to the very end, right at the judgment seat. They're like, when did we do anything to help you out, God? And God says, you did it. There was once, there was one time I was hungry and sick. You did it to one of the least of these and you did it to me because I know my own sheep. It's this beautiful uh, self-forgetfulness. In fact, Jesus, or the king in this parable, Jesus, says, come, blessed of my Father, from the foundation of the world. Not come, blessed of my Father, who couldn't wait to see how you did, Charlie, in my chocolate factory. Instead, 
from the foundation of the world, this kingdom's been prepared for you. With you in mind, come. The preparation was primordial, not present in our lives, and not purgatorial in a future limbo to work out the kinks in our lives. This kingdom has been prepared for you from the start. If you're oblivious to your good works, or at least enough of them to feel like it's more than a 50-50 shot, (laughs) it's okay to be an oblivious sheep. You did it once, says the king. You helped me in the least, the last, the lost, the little, or the dying. So those are the hopes of the sheep on the right hand. The hopes of the sheep are, I hope this shepherd knows me and sees a sheep when he looks at me. And not only that, like, I know he's going to do that because he's already called me his good shepherd. Now, how does hope work on the left for the group, for the, uh, for the group of goats on the left? Hope works a little differently. If the sheep are oblivious, the goats are very obvious. They say, when did we not take care of you? When did we not feed and give drink and give visitation and comfort? When did we not? Tell us when we didn't do all these good works. And the king says, you didn't do it to one of the least of these. (laughs) My goodness. I mean, look at the sheep. They didn't even know this was on the test. And all of a sudden, you're telling us that 99.9% is not a passing grade? But that's because their hopes are on themselves. Their hopes are on their goatiness and goat being a good thing. Their hopes are on their good works. This is what it's like to live under the law and not the gospel. When you live under the law, it's never good enough. Never. The law never ends unless it ends in Christ through faith. The law never stops talking unless Christ lives in your conscience and shuts the door. The law always leaves us endlessly catching up short. There was always one of the least of these. You could have helped and didn't. I mean, you'd have to go no further than your family to find those examples. But notice, there's no parallel to come blessed of my Father. The the king doesn't say, come, you cursed by my Father from before the beginning of the world. He doesn't say that. It just says, you that are living under a curse, you that are relying upon, hoping in your own goodness, what a curse to live under that weight in this life. I love this phrase. I'm going to use it in a few sermons. This pastor said, I'm a Christian because I'm not good enough to be anything else. So keeping hope front and center, as we steward our hope, keeping hope front and center, we recognize that goat righteousness expects to be called good and is surprised when it isn't. And sheep righteousness sees little righteousness in itself and is surprised when it's considered righteous at all. And this parable is is uncomfortably binary. There's sheep and there's goats. There aren't like part sheep, part goats. There's not like ligers, like a lion and a tiger. It's one or the other. But this is actually hopeful, although uncomfortable, because our hope does not rest in our ability to partner with God 
along with some good advice from Oprah and inspiration from Taylor Swift. And with this great partnership of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Oprah, and Taylor Swift, we ourselves might transition, if ever so slightly, from goatiness to sheepiness and feel a little better about what's coming. No. Our hope is, in fact, binary. It has two parts. Here's the first. I look around this room, and I looked in the mirror this morning, and I see nothing but goats. Ah! Ah, don't get mad. I look around and I see nothing but goats in my heart. But I have a word for sheep. Come, blessed by my Father, from before the foundation of the age, baptized into Christ, children of our Heavenly Father. By grace you have been saved into good works. Not by good works have you been saved into grace eventually. You are forgiven for all the least, last, lost, and little things that you let slide or were completely oblivious to. God's mercy is for you today. Let's pray. Gracious God, I just want to be a sheep, and I pray that you would renew faith in me and each of us that we are in fact sheep. Not because we don't have a long, weird beard and make goat sounds, but because our ears hear the voice of our shepherd, and you call us your own. Help us to be blessedly oblivious of ourselves and rest in the identity we have in you. We ask for this in the name of Jesus, our great shepherd. Amen.